This episode is great for graffiti artists, traditional artists, and people that don't really want to invest in social media. It's like a lot of people don't see it as an art. A lot of people who do it don't see it as an art. So it's, I don't know, I just feel like it's a more fitting term, but there is definitely such a huge artistic element to it, for sure. This week we welcome Dan Hewitt, a graffiti artist turned traditional artist who's now doing a formal education. So I chose, I, I guess, it just felt like the natural next step to try get where I want to be. Um, which I guess in the end, the end goal is to be a full-time practicing artist. In this week's episode, we talked about being a graffiti artist. Kind of because my parents, um, they're not really this, they're not that, they're, I'd say they're really kind of like in the middle when it comes to being strict or being um, like really free. Oh yeah, okay, we'll like kind of like support this, we'll get you some like paint will take you down to the local like legal wall or whatever and then I could like because I I was quite young actually I was like when I first kind of got into that I was like 10 9 10 oh wow okay yeah transferring skills between art disciplines I've really found a process that I'm happy with now where it's not like I'm like trying to find my feet I feel like I've found my feet in some way and the difference between being influenced by an artist and copying their work if you're looking at taking what someone has done and using it for your own gain without benefiting them at all, then I guess really your intentions are quite negative. Ready? You ready? All right, sick. Let's do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first show. My name is Frank Mankin. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Joe Murray. Hello, Frank. And we are joined by the incredible visual artist, Dan Hizzle. I mean... Dan is... That's your Instagram, yeah. at least. Dan Hewitt. Dan Hewitt. Dan Hism or Hism or whatever, just... An Instagram username. His oh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> H. H. Deardol. Dan the man. Dan the man. <laughs> where did, wait, where did, did, was it just a random Instagram name or? Yeah, so anything that I tried to get with my actual name that wasn't filled with like dots and underscores was just like long gone. Right. So I feel like it's a filler one for now until I really sit on something, but. Yeah. It's, Is that something you want to do? Like pick an actual artist name at some point? Yeah, well, I just want to go with my name, just yeah. Dan Hewitt, but I don't know how I'll... Yeah. Did you try mm. the Dan Hewitt? I haven't. I, I'm, I'll have another explorer, I reckon. Hit do the Dan Hewitt or Dan Hewitt official yeah. or Dan Hewitt artist. I'll get real tech with it. Yeah. Get real. That's what I did. Like, mine's, mine's the Frank Menken. Mm. Yours is Joe Mire. Mine has... Yeah, one letter is different to how you actually spell my name. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah, his is Murray and he's done M-Y-R-R. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks cool, but it's not very practical. So. <laughs> it's kind of hard to. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it works. If yeah. it works, it works, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, do you want to give you a little bio? What do you do? Um, I am an artist, an emerging artist, I guess would yeah. be the term. Um, I can't really. My work is like I use a lot of different mediums. I couldn't. I, I guess the closest thing I would be would be a painter if you had to like narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but my work uses like paint. Spray paint, um, oil pastels, like stuff like white out, just like, just I, I just like combine a bunch of different mediums um, and just kind of try to, I guess at the moment my work is like depictions of film photos I've taken, um, but it's always changing. Funky. Yeah. Wait, how long have you been doing the film photo stuff? Um, I've been shooting film for like, Two years, yeah. probably. And when did you, start, did you start painting it at the same time? or? Yeah, I'd say I picked them both up like seriously at the same time. Yeah. For sure. What made you 
want to paint them then? Because you could have e- just as easily gone down like the the photography route. What made mm. you want to do painting over and really any other form of art? Well, I guess I was kind of just painting abstract stuff. Like I was painting like little symbols and things like that. And then I, I was doing the film photography at the same time. And they were just, I just kind of thought it was a bit odd to be doing them separately. Like it felt like naturally they should come together and I should kind of see where I can, what I can do with like combining them into one thing. And then I just kind of started exploring that until I found my feet there. Mm. Um, kind of making something that I like the look of. Yeah, would you say that like incorporating the photos gave like the abstract art more direction? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, I've really found a process that I'm happy with now where it's not like I'm like trying to find my feet. I feel like I've found my feet in some way. And obviously it's like still changing everything I make. I'm like learning from and developing further. But with I, I feel like I've found found a base process now to start like comfortably showing and like working with um, that I'm exploring. Yeah, so are all your art pieces now, would you say based off a photo you've taken? Yeah, mo- I mean, I do other stuff as well, but my main kind of practice like the main not like 80% of what I do 90% of what I do is like this process of like taking these film photos and then painting them and kind of turning them into these artworks does that give like a form to it then like it makes it easier to actually start painting yeah it does and it's like it 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 gives me it it, I know I'm making something original because it's my photo so then it's like I know from the start I'm making something that's my own mm. and it's like it's not like I'm taking an, an object that exists and painting that or I'm it's not like I'm using reference images from the internet or anything it's like it's my own it's from my own experience and my own um, perspective and then I'm using that and I feel like that's um, just the best way I could possibly go go about things. Mm. Did you struggle with that in the past? Like, ac- not necessarily plagiarizing, but accidentally creating things that had already been done? Yeah, well, I guess it's tough because everything, like, what you make is taken from everything that you have experienced and seen. Like, you can't really create anything that is truly new because, like, everything exists already, sort of thing. You can't really take something out of thin air, like. But it is, I feel like it is definitely uh, more kind of organic. Like, I, you ha- I feel like when you start, you have to learn by copying. Yeah. It's the best way to learn. But then once you're kind of honed your skills and your craft, you can then hone your uh, ideas as well, like your concepts to then build them all together. Um. Yeah, sorry. I've lost my train of thought a little bit. That's all right. Feel free. Anytime that train just goes, just just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we've said it before to Pry, I guess, but we can just like sidetrack if you want. Like we can, we've talked about what? We talked about Jurassic World. We talked about, what did we talk about last week? There was one really weird tangent that we went on last week's episode that I can't remember. I don't remember. The one I always just keep going to is the Ant musical. That's that's just sort of oh, stuck yeah. in my brain. We had an episode with Minette Cooper a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about like her first musical. And her yeah. first musical was a 
a, rend- a musical rendition of The Prodigal Son, but everyone had been replaced by ants, and it was, like, set in an ant world. And so it was all <laughs> these, like, the whole musical was, like, ant puns. What? <laughs> Which I really, I would love to watch. That sounds much cooler than anything I've made, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> I want to see that now. <laughs> um, but you were saying that you had, like, you were talking about, uh, what was the word you used? It wasn't plagiarizing. Um, influences. Um, what would you, yep. what would you, what are your major influences with your art? Um, I suppose um, there, there's always artists that I'm paying attention to um, and the world around me, I guess, mainly. Like, obviously, if I'm painting from my photos, a lot of what I paint is based on my own experiences and, like, my feelings around those experiences. Mm. Um, and also, I guess, where I learnt a lot of my skills was kind of through graffiti. Oh, so okay. I guess that's a big influence for me because that's where I learned kind of the elements of design and everything before any formal education mm. um, to, to bring into my art, like my mark making and everything that I kind of developed it there before I pursued um, edu- like learning art. Mm. So how yeah. did you get into graffiti? Um, well, I'm from Sydney, so I guess it's a bit bigger there than maybe it is here in Brisbane kind of I guess I was just seeing it around and I just just I don't know I guess naturally I was drawn to it Mm. It wasn't really like a particular anything that particularly sparked it I just kind of saw it and I wanted to know more and I wanted to get involved and I did somewhat how (laughs) do you get involved like I I imagine you can't just like rock up somewhere and be like hey I want to do graffiti like, is it, is it like a process of like you meet people and then they kind of introduce you to other people and, and you go out together? Or is it just like you just buy some spray paint and you go to a wall? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's meeting people for sure. But I guess, to be honest, because of the generation that I'm in, it was the internet. Right. Like I heard, I saw what this thing is. I heard what it's called. And then I looked it up. And that's where I was like, opened up to this world of what it really is mm. and that sort of thing. Right. So I guess just... Like YouTube videos and that sort of thing. Like, oh, wow, like this is how people paint this stuff. Like, mm. that's really cool. Mm. So then how yeah. did you actually get involved when you were in Sydney? Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, just started drawing, trying to replicate what I saw, trying to develop style and play with letters and like kind of craft these, these pieces that I was seeing um, and try and do my own thing. And then um, just... Kind of because my parents, um, they're not really this, they're not that, they're, I'd say they're really kind of like in the middle when it comes to being strict or being um, like really free. Yeah. So they're kind of like, oh yeah, okay, we'll like kind of like support this, we'll get you some like paint, we'll take you down to the local like legal wall or whatever and then I could like, because I, I was quite young actually, I was like, when I first kind of got into that, I was like 10, 9, 10. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of facilitated by my parents being like, okay, this is a, it's cool that he's got this creative interest. Let's like help him explore this a little bit. And then it died down. And then like in my teens, I kind of rekindled that because some friends were getting into it and that sort of thing. And I was like, oh yeah, this thing exists and kind of delved back into that world. Were your parents creative at all? Not really. Um, They're both fairly good drawers, but they don't really have any creative background or they don't work in a creative industry at all. Like very much like just, um, 
I guess, like a standard sort of thing. Mm, right. Was the graffiti stuff kind of like the first spark of your creativity? Or was Were you doing stuff before then as well? I feel like that was definitely the first spark. And that my parents kind of tried to push that into an art side of it. Mm. Like they kind of tried to go, okay, you're into this creative thing. What about this creative thing? Like right. Instruments, like just traditional painting, art classes, that sort of thing. But I wasn't really keen on it. And then I kind of, I feel like I had to get keen on that on my own. Like I had to discover that and get excited about that sort of thing on my own without them pushing me there. Mm. So it was more like when I moved to Brisbane and I was like away from my friends that paint graffiti and all that, um, all that sort of thing that I kind of went, okay, well, how can I take these skills and this passion and kind of put this in a way that is more suitable for where I am right now? Mm. and explore how I can like pursue it differently that yeah. sort of thing so you you got into graffiti you got into graffiti when you were 10 came back kind of like in your mid-teens yeah what made you want to move to Brisbane then if you were if you already kind of had a, an established home base in Sydney doing graffiti uh, I just had to move with family oh, um, okay. yeah so um, I was kind of in Sydney and then just with the housing prices and everything got a bit nuts like yeah. uh, so we just had to move up here but it wasn't really that bad or anything like it was pretty easy move but I just felt like I needed to kind of I, I just felt like approaching it differently when I moved up here yeah if that makes sense and is that what bled then into doing the film photography and then the transferring that into like your your graffiti style into a traditional painting or yeah. what was that what was that step over like um it was like I don't know so I kind of the way, the way I first started was I kind of just was going, okay, how do I take my graffiti and put it on a canvas? But then I kind of, and I was trying to do that for a while and it was okay, I was happy with it, but it wasn't really art in a way. It's like I was trying to take this thing that exists in this space and put it in this other space. So it was all right, but it just felt out of place. And then, um, and I was trying to do, I was trying different ways. I was like, how can I, you know, use these tools and that sort of thing to make this work? And then... Um, I don't know how I developed. I think I kind of, as after I moved into to Brisbane, not long after, I kind of learnt what film photography was and I liked the colours and the aesthetic of it. And so I bought a film camera and started playing around with that. And then I think that's when I sort of went, like stepped away from the graffiti side of things um, when it comes to kind of the imagery and everything. Take the tools and skills I've learnt from that and apply them to this completely new idea of approaching artwork using these photos so it all kind of came together at some point i can't i don't really know exactly when that was maybe like a year ago year and a half mm. like what you were saying when you said that like the graffiti on a canvas felt kind of out of place yeah would you say that like in your opinion graffiti doesn't belong on a canvas um it's hard to say i feel like there's a right and a wrong way it can be done but it's just, I feel like part of graffiti is the surface and the texture and what comes with painting on those surfaces and the conditions. Because um, obviously if you're painting graffiti and you're outdoors, it's affected by weather and things like that. Um, the fact that you've got to be quick in most cases. So I think when you take it out of that space where it has all these added elements, it loses what it truly is. You know what I mean? If you can sit there and you can paint this graffiti on this canvas for hours and you can perfect it it's beautiful it's great it's skilled 
but it takes away from the elements that make it what it is in in some way. Right. That's really interesting. I I, I don't know if there's many art forms that tran- like that don't transfer in that way. Mm. So if you look at a lot of other like you look at things like caricatures where people are out in parks doing caricatures of people, that transfers really nicely to canvas work because it's the same styles of drawing, but it's really interesting that graffiti just doesn't at all. Yeah. Um, that said, I definitely have seen people do graffiti on canvas and do it really interestingly. What would you say is the, the factor that makes graffiti on canvas interesting outside of the, the context of being on a wall? Um, I mean, obviously, it putting graffiti on a canvas can be useful to, like, display the, the artistic... Uh, skill and talent mm. because when it's on a wall and it's out in public space and it's done illegally it's easy to dismiss yeah. all the creative talent and skill and uh, knowledge and time and effort that have gone into it and learning how to do that um, but I, putting, I guess the, the valuable side of putting it on a canvas is that that skill and that talent and um, or everything that is so beautiful about it can be um, kind of admired and understood more so than it would be in its natural setting sort of thing right so making it more of a traditional art form takes away in the sense that like you're like it it adds in the fact that you can you can sit and admire it but it takes away from the fact that it's it's been made in ideal circumstances then yeah it's like it takes away its nature and its um it's it's kind of motive Mm. but it enhances the more um aesthetic side of it right in the way that it can be really perfected. Mm. So it's kind sense. of the difference between doing like like a like a band doing a pub gig mm. versus doing like a really produced recorded version of their yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. It's like right. if it's some some teenagers playing in a garage, it's like that's that's really great. You can see the the pure like talent there, mm. but then once they um once they kind of they've got the recording studio, they've got the management team, they got this like incredible perfectly produced and mastered track it's like it loses the rawness Mm. but you can hear the skill more or or the the talent there Mm. like it amplifies that side of it but it takes away from the other side of it right how do you with with graffiti specifically how do you define the line between it being an art form and it being um just defacing a wall uh i i guess it's all personal opinion and it's so subjective really like let me let me preface that by saying i really love graffiti yeah i'm I'm not trying to attack (laughs) graffiti in any way like a couple of my favorite artists are still like unnamed graffiti artists yeah well i guess i'll preface as well by saying i am no authority or voice or um, <laughs> kind <Smart>. of <laughs> speaker for graffiti. I'm not, I'm certainly not um, particularly like well known or anything in that sphere. I'm very much not like big there. Like I'm not like um, the best or the biggest or the baddest or whatever. So I guess it's all, it all depends and it's all really subjective. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's both. It's, it's always both. Like it is. I, I I I. It's like sometimes I see the most grotesque. Like it's there's drips. There's it's like just like a tag or something that's just horrendous. 
and the person who did it intended for it to be horrendous and it is just awful and it's like there's such beauty in that like in the someone chose to go there and just to like destroy basically like i don't know i i see i admire that in its own way but it is destructive like i i don't know it's like i admire it from both angles yeah right but there is what's the what's the flip side of that so at what point do you see it as entirely an addition to that space um i suppose it depends there's really it's it's so difficult to draw a line because i i guess the easiest spot to draw a line would be um permission right in a way like whether the person whose space it was enjoys it or whether it even or even it's so hard because sometimes there's i there's certainly graffiti out there where people are like oh i like it and then someone else will go past and go oh i don't like it mm. and it's like it, it's enriching to some people and not to others and it's just i feel like with each case you just have to draw your own conclusion mm. based on your own feelings about it your own um kind of context there with like your um relationship with what's been graffitied on and that sort of thing and like just your personal opinion on it it's i don't know it's really tough yeah super interesting though yeah um how do you how have you transferred those things that you've learned from graffiti um into your art now um i guess what i learned what i what i've learned that i've transferred from it is um kind of those elements of design like line shape composition because they're all i that's that's what i was saying about um putting in a gallery space it's, it's easier to understand that all those elements are there and all those elements are part of it it's easy to just assume that it's kind of been done without thought but it incorporates all of these elements that exist in most kind of practices of design or art um that kind of build this balance and like what what makes something aesthetically pleasing using these elements so those are the skills that it's funny that i learned them there <laughs> but those are the skills that I've kind of taken across to use in my art and just my approach to making marks and the materials I use. Like a lot of my work still uses spray paint and that sort of thing differently, obviously to graffiti, like, but, but still using those tools and like, I guess it taught me the value that those tools have, even though they're not widely used in, in, I guess you'd say like a gallery setting of like, of like art. So, Yeah. You mentioned before we started filming that you're now studying yeah. at TAFE. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that, what you're studying and what it's like doing formal study from that like graffiti background? Also, wait, before you, before you talk about that <coughs> on the same vein, why did you even consider going to uni if, if you were already doing art? Mm. Um, well, I guess... I guess is TAFE, TAFE is a... Is it a uni? It, not, te uh, not technically, not is it? It's education. Guess, yeah, further education. Yeah, yeah. In the that's arts. the word. Yeah. But I guess I chose it because I can't, I honestly can't see myself doing anything that isn't art. Because I'd say in the six months before the end of high school was when I really kind of kicked into gear with that process and really like went, okay, this is what I like doing. This is what I want to do. This is like almost like my purpose in a way. It's like, so I was sort of like, 
this I, I can't realistically see myself pursuing anything that isn't art um so that's why I did it and then I chose um so I chose I, I guess it just felt like the natural next step to try get where I want to be um which I guess in the end the end goal is to be a full-time practicing artist um but I chose to do that um and then it's been really interesting actually like coming from that background that's so informal and then going into this setting um, where arts is educated formally. I guess TAFE, compared to uni, TAFE isn't the most formal. But kind of sitting down in a classroom and looking at the theory side of art and um, exploring those elements of design that I learnt this kind of really odd way in this setting where most people would learn them. And it's just kind of been really interesting taking like seeing all the things that I've learned from a different perspective and from a different angle um but yeah it's been really I don't know the only word I can think of really is interesting like and just like all the skills that I've already built and then I'm like using this other angle to approach those skills differently and try things differently and that's like I'm coming at it from two sides and taking both these approaches to build kind of ultimate balance of both of like this chaotic messy like kind of energy of the street and then this kind of formal uh, measured approach to uh, creating from this kind of education standpoint are there things that you've had to unlearn doing a doing an arts like a tertiary education in the arts after doing so many years of graffiti like street art um Off the top of my head, not really. I feel like maybe I've had to unlearn some of just the way, like I guess learning things that way, I kind of, some of it was a bit odd. Some of it I maybe didn't fully grasp and then coming at it from this different angle, it's like, okay, that's how that actually works. That's how this actually works. So I guess in that way, it's more like, taught me properly how things work but there's not really been anything in particular that, that I've had to really um, stop myself from doing or approaching things in such a way do you feel like there has to be that balance between that chaotic street stuff and the more formal thing in in a piece of work or do you think that it can go either way or yet yeah, do you see that it has there has to be balance um I think obviously there's it's it's like there's there'd be a spectrum where people have entirely that formal approach or entirely this kind of street approach. But for me personally, I feel like everything in life is about balance and about having a balance, like walking this fine line where you're, it's like perfect match of um, kind of chaos and like this unpredictable organic, like making marks, making a mess, but then also applying these, these like steps and these, this measured this this measured approach to applying layers and things like that to really craft something that is visually appealing and kind of takes all those skills to paint the the picture that most suits what I'm trying to display. How has your art process personally evolved after going into a tertiary education? Um, it's been real interesting actually because my practice painting I treat it completely separately from TAFE so I 
I don't know how many, if this is something that a lot of people do, um, but like when I'm at TAFE, I'm not even really thinking about my, how I'm painting my works or anything. It's almost like the stuff I do at TAFE, I treat it as exercises and experiments and explorations that I can then take bits of to incorporate into what I'm doing in my own practice. So it's like this separate thing that I'm kind of using to learn from to then develop my thing over here um, because a lot of the tasks at TAFE, they're, they're quite creatively free but not 100% to the extent where I'd be able to make the works that I'm making just because they're using all this different media and stuff whereas tasks in TAFE are like this thing we're painting, this thing we're sculpting, this thing and I wouldn't be able to really make what I'm trying to make. So, Right. Back, back to your, your group. How long were you doing graffiti? Um, like, out, like out and about? I don't really know. I guess on and off, like a few years, mm. maybe five years. No, less than five years on and off. Mm. Maybe five years on and off tops. Yeah. Did you have your own tag? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like designing that and, and, and then, you know, putting, putting that up for the first time? Um. I, I mean, it's fun. It's exciting because you play, you, you build this character. It's like you build this character. It's, it's a word, but you're, you're constructing a character because no one knows who the person behind the word is unless you tell them. So it's like, if you're putting this thing up and people are seeing it and they don't know who you are, then they're building this idea of who you are. And so with that, it's exciting and it's, it's, um, it's fun. And it's, it's, I guess it's the same as like, if you dressed up as a superhero or something like, you know what I mean? You're just being someone who maybe you aren't entirely, mm. but it's just fun to kind of play that game. Yeah. Um, and when I first started like posting my art and stuff, I was doing it under what my tag was at the time, but I kind of realized um, I didn't want to like be publicly displayed as a character. Like I, my art is like my truest and most raw um kind of expression of my feelings and my experiences so it should be attached to my name instead of some sort of alias so i changed that pretty quick <laughs> yeah right interesting is that what kind of brought you out of would you say that was something that helped you come out of that graffiti stuff then and make try and make your work more formal yeah i feel like it was all at kind of the same time like i was kind of realizing this like that i really do need to step away almost entirely from this like purely take the skills from it and almost entirely step away into something completely new because otherwise it's just not sustainable in the way that I want it to be right did you you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but obviously graffiti <laughs> can be very interesting sometimes yeah um did you have any close calls while you were putting stuff up no, 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 I've been, I'm honestly, I've not done heaps. I've, I've, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a big, like, I've not done the biggest this or the best that, or I've really not done a lot in the grand scheme of things. Mm. So really I haven't had any issues whatsoever. Right. Do you know of anyone that has had issues? Yeah. <laughs> what was the worst one that you know of? Oh, <laughs> I mean, you just, you hear stories. Yeah. Well, if you're in that world, you hear stories, but I don't know if there's anything that I'd be able to talk about. Like, 
you can <laughs> you can make up a story on the spot. <laughs> that is allegedly based on a work of truth. I'll have to decline to comment at this point in time. Honestly, fair, fair enough. Totally yeah. understandable. <laughs> Unfortunately. Worth, it was worth a shot. I'll have to contact my legal team and get back to you. <laughs> Call them now. We might have something at the end. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, I follow some street artists in the US, uh, in New York specifically, mm. and some of the stuff that those guys do is ab- and publish is just like insane. Like there's this one guy, um, his tag's, Oops. Um, mm. And he's fascinating. And I, I've i been following him for a really long time and I, I found him through another artist, uh, like a traditional artist that I also follow, who I've been following for probably like six years now. And I remember like they share, reshared some of this guy's stuff. Mm. And then over the years, I've kind of been like, you're the same person. <laughs> you're you're just you're the same guy, and it's like it's taken me like three years to piece it together. Um, but I'm I'm very proud of myself that I figured that out. But not the point. But what I was going to say was he's before I started following him, I like had no idea about anything to do with street art. Like the, my max knowledge of street art was like, yeah, Banksy did some stuff. Mm. Um, but this guy's just like totally opened my eyes up to that very casual street art. Um, and what he does, which is fascinating, is he gets like fire extinguishers and he fills the fire extinguishers with paint and then just like blasts these giant walls in um, in New York. And he like, he, there's videos on his Instagram and he just walks up to the wall, just starts spraying and he has a whole tag up in like 15 seconds and he's mm. gone. It's so sick. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. And like that, that sort of ingenuity, I think, was what kind of made me realize, like, oh, okay, I get, I kind of get yeah. the art form now of it, rather than just being like, ooh, disgusting graffiti. I feel like the best way to describe it is like a craft, because it's like, a lot of people, there's an art, artistic side to it, but there's so much more, like, there's the artistic side of it, but it's more like going out there and practicing a skill. It's like... It's really hard to explain, but I, I, I feel like it's more, it, it'd be more characterized as like a craft. It's like a lot of people don't see it as an art. A lot of people who do it don't see it as an art. So it's, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a more fitting term, but there is definitely such a huge artistic element to it for sure. And uh, moving, moving back to your art. Yep. Um, what are you working towards now? What's what, like your next year of art? What do you want to accomplish? Um, so at the moment, I'm just really trying to build my work and still exp- like, I've, I've kind of developed this process now that I'm following, but with each artwork, I'm changing things slightly and just exploring what I can do with that process and where I can take it. And then I suppose in a year, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to next year sometime, maybe do some stuff like, cause my audience is actually I was looking at like you know the uh, the Instagram like you can look at like the insights yeah, and the analytics see, like, and that where sort your of thing. Whole audience is. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at it. It's split pretty evenly between Brisbane and Sydney, so I was kind of daydreaming about like if I did something where I kind of did a show that tr- was in Brisbane and also showed in Sydney because the audience is split so evenly that I feel like it would be somewhat achievable if I grew like it a bit. Like at the same time. 
or like a week apart or whatever. Yeah, but the right. same show, like it, like it traveled. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that would be an interesting mm. thing to explore if I'm in this position where I've got this this audience that's split in these two different places. That'd be so sick. Yeah. Those Instagram analytics get me every time. Every time I look at them, I'm like, oh, I have like 40 people following me in like Sweden. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's so like 1% in Spain or something. It's like, who, who is this? Yeah, <laughs> what is um, full-time, what does being a full-time artist look like for you with your particular style? Um, I don't really know at the moment. I suppose it would be just in, a po- in some sort of position where I could create my works without having to work a job to support it. I, I guess that's like the overall definition of what it would be but as far as workload and stuff goes I guess it just depends on I'd have to be obviously somewhat successful to financially support that and then I'd just get I'd I'd have to be probably painting every single day just spend at least some some point of every single day in a studio working to create artworks consistently Mm. how often do you paint now outside of TAFE um, I'd say I complete like one painting a week, roughly. But since this last like month, s- since I um came back from a little visit to Sydney, I've really picked it up. Like before that, it was like a painting a month. And it was just like, but th- now I've really kind of tried to pick things up and I'm trying to kind of delve more into the Instagram side of promoting what I'm doing just to like really get where I want to go and just kind of get those wheels in motion. At any point, do you feel like you're, or before you took went back to Sydney for a bit, um, was there a point that you felt like you were burning out with your own work? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes it feels like I'm really onto something and then I'll, I'll, I'll be pumping stuff out and I'll get to the next one and it just, I just can't get it to look how I want it to look and I'm just not reaching my goal and it just doesn't feel complete and it's not good. But at the end of the day, it's all a learning curve and it's like with each thing I paint, I learn what is and isn't working. So if that is the case, I just know that in the end I can kind of push that. In the next one, it's all right because it's a, it's a clean slate. So I guess I've not really been burnt out, but what's helped with that as well is um, I kind of every few months, like maybe twice a year roughly, I kind of get to pop back down to Sydney, see old friends, kind of spend some time away from any sort of painting and then I can come back and kind of jump back into that space with like new photos I've taken and such. You were saying uh, about social media before, wanting to delve into that more. What's your relationship as an artist with social media? It's really funny. I'm not big on social media. I don't have a personal account. I just have my account that I put my art on. Me too. (laughs) And it's, it's something that I'm really iffy about because you have to play that game nowadays. Like I feel like if you want to build traction, that's like the the best way you can do it, honestly. Social media, it's free. You know what I mean? It You don't have to really put tons of work in. You know what I mean? You can do it from home. It's really easy. But I feel really off about like I'm really paranoid about letting that take over what I'm doing to try like please the algorithm and such. But I, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of walk like a balance again, like walk that thin line of um, being smart with it to make sure that my posts kind of go right, like I'm, I'm working it so I can push what I'm doing um, without letting that control what I'm doing sort of thing. 
Have you got a strategy for what you want to do with your social media? Um, not majorly. I'm just kind of, I guess somewhat, I just, I don't really post anything that isn't just artwork I make, like a finished artwork. And then um, stories and that sort of thing is just like maybe process stuff, that sort of stuff I'm doing at TAFE because like that's kind of, I feel like that's separate, that sort of thing. But I guess I just want to try and build my account on my art so that I can use that to leverage what I want to do in the future by showing that I've got this engagement, I've got this audience, it's consistent um, and just kind of use that to my advantage. And as far as like influences go for your art, obviously everyone looks up to people for, for how they create and what they create. Who are some of the people that have influenced you over your artistic career? It doesn't necessarily have to Ooh. be like famous people. It can be. Like you could be like, yeah, Andy Warhol, but like... <laughs> um, I guess a lot of, obviously originally it would have been graffiti and then a lot of kind of contemporary artists who have come from that graffiti kind of background, like um, I'm going to butcher this, but Antoine Horfe, he's a European artist. I think he's French. I'm not 100% sure though, but he makes... He sounds French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his stuff is really nice, like... His, his works are just like the layers and he, he incorporates screen printing and everything. It's like really beautiful, colorful stuff. Um, and then a lot of, I, I guess when I started branching out and like really trying to do my thing with my art was when I started going to art events in Brisbane and like these small, like kind of little pot, like gallery shows and things like that that were quite underground and like just the little art community that's doing its thing here. So a lot of Brisbane artists really like, uh, I guess Callum Francis, Jordash, just like um, Atomics, just all these Brisbane artists who kind of I discovered as I was discovering my own practice because I felt like I was, because I was meeting them in person so I kind of got to see who they were behind their work and like, um, yeah, I could name more but just all those people kind of doing their thing in Brisbane and some Sydney artists as well. Mm. We've talked a, a bit about influences and then copying other work and other stuff um, to sort of build your craft. Um, in your opinion, what wh um, what is the line and is there a line between ha being influenced by something and then copying it? Uh, it's I guess it's, in t it's your intention, really. It's mm -hmm. like if you're looking at taking what someone has done and using it for your own gain without benefiting them at all, then I guess really your intentions are quite negative there. But kind of if you kind of looking at a concept that someone has delved into and then you're trying to do your own thing with that concept or like an element of something like, I, obviously it's really subjective, but I guess it's like whether you're trying to build off something or whether you're trying to take something and, and just use it to build yourself up without benefit any benefit or gain to anyone else who's like idea you've taken or kind of worked with is that something you're quite aware of in your work then yeah I, I'd say so because um, of all the um, all the artists that I look at because a lot of them come from that same kind of graffiti background there are there are a lot of similarities there so I am a bit paranoid about it because sometimes I see things pop up and I'm like that looks exactly like this and this and such. And it's like, 
but I, as, as long as I know that my intentions are not at all like if it's a kind of something subconscious that I've taken at least I know then that my intentions are not to to take what they've done and kind of u- use it without doing the the legwork behind it like it's just kind of a coincidence in that case but I, it is definitely something I'm kind of paranoid about and I stress about a bit. <laughs> I feel like there's something that you kind of always have to do in the, particularly in the beginning of your work when you're trying to find your style is, is copy someone every now and then, even if you don't release it. Um, have you found that helpful in, in um, finding your style, particularly when you're, as you've been merging this formal and, and um, graffiti style? For sure. I mean, the best way to learn from the start is obviously to copy. You know what I mean? The first time you, you draw something, you don't go, oh, okay, what is that? Like, you, you, you get a photo of it or you draw from a picture, like, you look at it and draw it. It's like, you start from copying before you build that ability to kind of explore without looking, in a way. So I think it's really beneficial to begin with to build those things, as long as you're not kind of using that for your own gain, if that makes sense. It's like, you're not copying someone's work and then going, hey, here it is, 500 bucks, like, buy my painting sort of thing. It's like, in those developmental stages, I think it is very important to kind of take from what's around you and see what you can do with it before you really build your own style. Yeah, it is, and it is really hard at the start, I think, to to differentiate between copying and building off of. Mm. Um, I know I've struggled with that a lot, like making films. I'll make something and be like, oh, this is just a carbon copy of, you know, someone that I've seen before. Um, And it happens all the time in the industry as well. Actually, I stumbled across something today um, that was like copied film posters. And it was like, it it put the two posters together. And, you know, you'd never think of it. And obviously some of them were subconscious because it'd be like a film poster from like 1984 and then a film poster from 2021, but they're the exact same. And it's fascinating to see because obviously like, I would say 50% of them didn't intend to do that and 50% did. But then it's like when you look at them side by side, it's like, oh no, that's clearly like in mm. at, at the very least heavily inspired by the, the prior work. So I think it's really hard as artists to differentiate between the two sometimes. Um, but if you're conscious about it, like you said, you know, you're going to be in a much safer place than if you were to just like go willy nilly about it, I think. Mm. Um, I feel like I feel like I see that a lot in like clothing. Yeah. Like clothing brands, I, I follow a few like little Australian like clothing brands. And I feel like every couple months, one of them is posting something about like some other little brand that's ripped off this one and it's like exactly the same. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's like almost a trend. In it happens the a lot with big box stores taking from small artists mm. as well. Like I yeah. you see it a lot with particularly brands like H&M and, and Zara and um, Shine, mm. like companies that are very focused on fast fashion. Yeah. You see them just, and again, they're not necessarily, di- like sometimes they are directly taking it and it's super obvious, but a lot of times it's like clearly the, the, the designer of that has just seen that work and now has gone, oh, you know, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll take that. Um yeah, no, like you said, really interesting and, and really hard to differentiate sometimes between what's intended to be stolen and what's accidentally, in massive air quotes, inspired by. Mm, yeah, it's like their intentions there, right? It's like if they're seeing that thing and going, okay, let's take what this person's done and let's just, you know, change it a little bit and then boom, profits. Yeah. It's like those aren't the right intentions, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, we do slowly have to start bringing it to a close, actually. Yeah. Um, do you want to hit him with the, with, the, with the thingy? Yeah, sure. Oh, um, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that exciting. Um, is there anything in the show up to this point that you wish we'd spoken about? Is there anything we yeah, haven't spoken about that you wish we had? Uh, any questions you're expecting us to ask that we haven't? Uh, uh, any questions you'd like to ask that you haven't been able to? Anything. I'm pretty satisfied. I just feel like, I don't know. What's something I could ask you guys? <laughs> My favourite colour is green. Same. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a great favourite colour. Damn, that's tough, dude. Sorry, mine's blue. <laughs> <laughs> green no, that's okay. Um, well, yep. this will be the last question then. What would your uh, advice or words of wisdom be to someone who is just looking... Let's, let's stick to maybe... Let's stick with graffiti because that's kind of been the theme of this episode. Mm. What would your advice or words of wisdom be to someone who's looking at getting into or starting a graffiti career? Um, The first step is to just do it. (laughs) I feel like it's so easy to kind of think about doing something, Mm. but if you just put that foot forward and make it happen, it's so much easier than afterwards to navigate from there once you've done that, once you've kind of broken the kind of barrier, the mental barrier. By, by taking that first step and really getting amongst it mm. and then you can figure it out from there mm. um, I guess that applies to most things painting drawing making movies photos I guess you just have to give it a go mm. just yeah yeah <laughs> nice alright well where, where can people find you um, just Instagram really I don't have a website or anything yet but it's just for now until I figure out a better username, dan.hism. So dan.hism. Yeah, and it'll all be, all be linked, of course. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, we have a little tradition on the show where uh, we have an outro song. So what will happen yep. is I'm going to do the outro. I'm going to say bye. Joe's going to say bye. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to say bye. And then you get to press this button here, this little pink one. Cool. All yeah? Right. Yep. You ready? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Fro Show. We hope you had a great time. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. Go check out Dan on his social media. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Also, rate us on Spotify. Bye. 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 Nailed it. Yeah, I can see we're just playing. Well done, dude. Cheers. Crushed it. You have fun? fun. Yeah, that was sick. (laughs) Awesome. Hell yeah. How good.